0: You're listening to Reach MDXM 233, the channel for medical professionals. Of the 53 executions in the United States in 2006, all but one were carried out using lethal injection. In recent months, concerns over botched lethal injections have put the method on hold in a dozen or so of the 36 U.S. states that have the death penalty. Lethal injection has little to do with the practice of medicine. However... Drugs are used, which are commonly known to all of us, but the protocols were never tested or examined in this particular combination in research on man or in animals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Shira Johnson, your host, and with me today is Dr. Teresa Zimmers, Molecular Biologist, Research Assistant Professor, University of Miami Miller School of Medicine, Department of Surgery. Dr. Zimmers is an assistant professor of surgery and has just published a research article in the Public Library of Science Medicine, April issue, with scientific evidence that lethal injection may not be as humane as we thought it was. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us today, Dr. Zimmers. I know you've had a lot of response to your research.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: First of all, can you tell us why you chose to look into this area?
1: Well, this study grew out of some previous work on lethal j- injection that we had published in The Lancet in 2005. In that study, we concluded that a fraction of ese- executed inmates are probably experiencing severe pain and suffering due to failures in the protocol and the way it's implemented. And the response to that study, particularly from doctors, was total disbelief that these particular drugs and this combination at the doses that were specified could result in anything but a humane execution. So I wanted to know, what is the scientific evidence, what's the clinical evidence for that kind of confidence? And in fact, what we found is that even if the drugs are administered perfectly, the protocol does not ensure a humane death. So not only does the protocol likely not cause death in the manner that was intended, But the anesthetic component of the protocol might actually be insufficient to ensure that the inmates are not suffering.
0: Dr. Zimmers, could you tell us something about the protocol? Exactly where did it come from?
1: The protocol originated in Oklahoma. Their electric chair was broken at the time, and the legislators were looking for a cheaper and potentially more humane alternative. They consulted the state medical examiner, Jay Chapman, who recommended an ultra-short-acting barbiturate in combination with a chemical paralytic. And that was written into law, but before they actually implemented their first execution, he added a third drug, potassium chloride. So his intent was that each of the drugs, thiopentyl, pancuronium, and potassium chloride, would be administered in lethal quantities, but that the combination would provide redundancy. And his intention was that the thiopentyl be sufficient to produce anesthesia.
0: What about the procedure? How is lethal injection typically carried out?
1: So the inmate is typically brought in, strapped to a gurney. They start IV lines, which are then typically fed through a hole in the wall or behind a curtain. So the executioners are always invisible to the the witnesses and to the condemned inmate. The signal to go, the executioners start pushing the drugs, and they do it in rapid sequence. So all of the drugs are administered as bolus injections. No one assesses the inmate's level of consciousness before they start pushing the painful drugs. Who
0: starts the lines and actually gives the medications or draws them up?
1: That varies from state to state. In states where it is known, sometimes the personnel involved in the executions have no medical training whatsoever. Sometimes they're the equivalent of medics or paramedics. And in some states, in fact, it's known that doctors have participated in the executions, in Florida, for example, and Missouri.
0: If there's no doctors there, and these are non-trained professionals giving the medications, what happens if something goes wrong, or what have you uncovered in your research?
1: Well, some of the botched executions can be attributed to the fact that the people who are starting the lines and giving the drugs are not trained. But clearly there have also been cases in states where there are doctors present where there have also been problematic executions. So I think so far, the mere presence of a doctor or the participation of a doctor in the procedure has not ensured that it goes off without a hitch or that the execution is humane. And importantly, it's not clear at all that those doctors are actually monitoring the inmate for evidence of awareness.
0: Now, thiopenthal in the medical setting, how is it usually given and how is this differing from what they're using in their protocols? Do they know that it's enough?
1: Well, and thiopental in medical practice is given simply to induce anesthesia before starting a second agent, and so it is given in small incremental doses that are repeated if necessary. It turns out, given our calculations of the amounts that are used in execution, that despite the claim that you typically hear that the amount of thiopental that's used is in great excess of what's used clinically for anesthesia. In fact, at the low end of the range, which was 6.6 mg per kg, that's actually a clinical induction dose. And at the higher end of the range, 75 mg per kg, you might expect um, very long, anesthesia very long duration. But because the doses are given as a bolus dose, as opposed to the you know, repeated dose or as a drip, the pharmacokinetics are significantly different. We don't give thiopental to human patients in bolus doses, but veterinarians do this routinely in large animals. And the dose range that's used in execution would result in surgical anesthesia in a large animal for as little as one minute.
0: Dr. Zimmers, what about the potassium chloride, the KCL that's been used? Is that what actually was lethal, or was it the thiopenthal?
1: Well, clearly, based on our calculations, the thiopenthal is not given in a lethal dose. As I said, the lower dose is a clinical dose, which is not intended to be lethal, Certainly, there are inmates who have been given a large dose of thiopental, as much as five grams in California, and continue to breathe. So the thiopental is not lethal. Moreover, the potassium chloride may also not be lethal, because we looked at the North Carolina protocol, where they had used just the first two drugs, and compared the times to death for that protocol versus the times to death for when they used all three drugs. Potassium chloride didn't accelerate time to death, suggesting that it didn't participate in causing death. And moreover, in at least four different states, the administration of all three drugs has failed to cause death, necessitating additional doses. It's not possible to know in all of those cases if all of the drugs were given perfectly, but it remains possible that there are factors that are completely unknown here. For example, the administration of the first two drugs may cause hemodynamic changes so great that the potassium chloride doesn't actually ever make it to the heart.
0: How was a time-to-death calculated? Do we know that? Is that accurate?
1: That's from the moment they start pushing the first drug to the time that the cardiac monitor flatlines. So that's what they typically consider time of death.
0: So then, by exclusion, was it the pancuronium bromide that caused the patient's death? Was it the pavulon? And is there clinical evidence to support this?
1: So it's certainly true that of the three drugs that are given, the pancuronium bromide is certainly given a dose that's large enough to ensure paralysis of many hours' duration. Moreover, the pancuronium is effective even if it's delivered subcutaneously in cases where there's an IV catheter blowout, for example. It's entirely possible that in some executions, or maybe even most, the mechanism of death is actually pancuronium-induced suffocation and respiratory arrest. And it's important to remember that if a thiopental is insufficient in such an execution, that the inmate might be fully aware of this progressive paralysis suffocation, as well as the intense burning of the potassium chloride and not be able to move or make any sort of sign that he's aware.
0: Were you able to get any evidence from the sites, any clinical evidence that the patients were actually suffering or that they went on gasping for air?
1: Certainly many documented news reports by witnesses of executions of inmates apparently suffering during execution, for example, Angel Diaz here in Florida recently His execution took 34 minutes, and he was noted to still be moving 26 minutes into the execution.
0: You know, I guess I just don't understand. How could this protocol be initiated without having any scientific evidence behind it?
1: Well, Jay Chapman, the uh, medical examiner who proposed this protocol, admits that he did absolutely no research in the design of the protocol, rather that he was guided by his experience as a patient. He's actually since come out and said that perhaps the protocol should be revisited. It's important to remember that though they appropriated the tools and the drugs of medicine and it looks like a medical procedure, it's not a medical procedure and therefore it never had to be validated even in an animal model prior to being used on people. And most physicians, when you talk to them about this, have a visceral response And it's such an unpleasant topic, I think the tendency has sort of been to push it into the background. And so, so far it's presented a face to the public that it's this humane, medicalized procedure when it could be anything but humane and certainly isn't a medical procedure.
0: What do you see in your research as the next step?
1: Well, right now, many states are actively reviewing their lethal injection protocols. And in some states, like Florida, doctors are actually participating in those debates and recommending changes. I actually think that we need a broader dialogue than simply the details of lethal injection. I have to say that not all the authors on our study are against the death penalty per se, but we all do agree that there is no place for medicine in the execution chamber, and there is no ethical way to administer a medical death.
0: I want to thank Teresa Zimmers, who's been our guest today, and we've been discussing the pharmacology behind lethal injection. I'm Dr. Shira Johnson. You've been listening to the Clinicians Roundtable on ReachMDXM 233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.